0: and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast presented by KFC. I'm your host, Swam Liu of Yahoo Sports Canada. On this week's episode, I have Brad Vermut, host and creator of my favorite NBA YouTube channel, Too Much Hoops. Hello.
1: Big fan of the podcast. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, since we're both uh, creators on the internet, uh, you want to do your signature intro?
1: Hey, Hoopheads, Brad here <laughs> with another podcast.
0: Yeah, no, this is a uh, super trippy. Thanks for coming to the Yahoo offices to do this. Um, you were at the game yesterday, Raptors-Bucks. We'll focus I was a lot indeed. about that one. Um, obviously, a lot of takeaways. Maybe a lot of takeaways. I don't know. I mean, it was a weird game. I don't think Sergeant Kyle ever play that bad again. Yeah. Collectively, especially. But, um, yeah, well, you were at the game. You were in 319 with the real people. What were your thoughts? What were, your, were you there back in your seats by the side of the third quarter? I,
1: I never left my seats the whole time. Wow. Real <laughs> fan. You didn't want to pay $20 for nachos. Not at all. Have I uh, well, I'm, I shouldn't say that. My fiance went out and got snacks for me. So okay, well, there you go. <laughs> That's the workaround. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a good game. Uh, I liked some of the things that I saw. I loved OG's defense. I thought mm-hmm. uh, OG's defense on Giannis, his physicality, his ability to stop the penetration, sort of at the point of attack, was yep. was really huge. And something else that I thought was uh, Fred Van Vliet in the first half, especially his. Like, defensive tenacity was just unbelievable, especially uh, the way he can help and recover. Uh, I, I thought he and Lowry did a really good job of helping on Giannis, especially. Mm-hmm. And then they're so good at getting back out to the perimeter. It's, it's beautiful to watch. Um, so I, I found that really positive.
0: Yeah, I mean, we can start with the positives for sure. Like, defensively, uh, it was a really, really good effort. I, I think it sort of gets lost a little bit that the Bucks were playing the third game in four nights, and they were playing a back-to-back. They played overtime the day before that uh, against Washington. Um, But as a whole, I think the Raptors showed that, you know, if they play defense like this, they give themselves a chance to win. Absolutely. Uh, Offensively, they're going to do a little bit better than 97 points, I hope, especially at home. But, um, yeah, defensively, I mean, it obviously starts with the the defense against uh, Giannis. Um, You know, you've already touched a little bit about it, but – You know, no longer having Kawhi to do that matchup, obviously he's a big loss. But at the same time, I felt like, man, at least the on-ball defense and sort of the structure of help defense around him was still pretty good. I mean, you look at it, 5 of 14 from the field for Giannis, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, they forced him to pass quite a bit, um, which I think is good for
1: the Raptors. Um, Anytime you get the ball out of Giannis's hand, that's really a a win for your defense. Uh, and And the other thing that I liked, you, you know I, I like to see Serge switch on Giannis sometimes too. I think he okay. gives him a nice dose of physicality, mm-hmm. not uh, not something I want to see every trip down the floor. nope, uh, but he 's nice to have um, and then and then defensively, the thing that i I really thought watching the game was I missed Gasol a yeah. lot on the back line of that defense. I think people really underestimate how much he does defensively in terms of coordinating people and communicating where everybody needs to be. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's easy to overlook him mm-hmm. uh, because he's not the most agile. Well, he, I, actually, he is agile. He's yeah. just, he doesn't have, like, super speed. He doesn't have – he can't jump out of the building, you know. Yeah. But uh, in terms of how he coordinates the defense, and then the other thing that he has – that's a little bit lacking with somebody like uh, Boucher is just sheer mass. Yeah, like you get somebody going into the paint and they hit Gasol. He has great verticality, and so they just bounce off him. Whereas with like a, a Boucher, really absorbs all that contact, mm-hmm. and then it creates a disruption, maybe on the offensive rebound or something like that.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, you would definitely like to see the Raptors full strength in that matchup. Um, Obviously Mark, I thought just Mark was really underrated. I think I still see sometimes people asking like, "What? what the Raptors have won the championship with, with, with JV instead of Mark. And I just don't see it. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I think obviously individual scoring, like obviously JV is more of a scorer and things like that. But in terms of what fits a team concept in terms of defense and uh, the ability to shoot and distribute, like, it's just it's just night and day. It's hard to for people. It's, it surprises me almost when people say that um, because I think it's so different. But.
1: Yeah, just to throw a little stat at you here: the Raptors' defensive rating this season with Gasol on the floor is one hundred point three, and when he's off the floor, it's one hundred five point seven. So the defense is. points per 100 possessions better when he's on the floor Mm -hmm. and that's the highest margin on the team the next closest person is uh terrence davis interestingly enough yeah uh who's the defense is three points better when he's on the floor and and in that case it has some like he's playing against the bench guys and that kind of thing right but for a starter for the defense to be five points better when you're on the floor that's that's pretty massive
0: yeah, for sure. Um, and, and, you know, Mark is almost uh, uniquely equipped. I thought when the Raptors, you know, that, that news came down last year at the trade deadline that the Raptors acquired Mark. So I thought that was a move specifically targeted towards the Bucks. I mean, you know, he was also one of the best defenders against Joel Embiid, and he proved that. Oh, man. Um, obviously last year. But, <laughs> and in the zero-point game this year. <laughs> all that, too, actually. Wow, jeez. Uh, poor Embiid, man. Feel bad for the guy. He is really good at getting 49 points against a team like the Hawks, though. Oh, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I thought specific for that Bucks matchup because, you know, same situation last year. Raptors in the second season. Obviously, that had a superstar in Kawhi, and that's no longer the case right now. Um, but, you know, you looked at that Bucks series. And Mark is really good at it in the sense that, you know, the way the Bucks defend, they're going to give up a lot of those um, threes, especially at the top of the floor. Especially with the big. Yeah. And we saw, I mean, third shot. Um, let me just make sure this is correct. Surge shot 2 of 15 from the field and 1 of 10 from 3. I, when I got home and checked the stats and
1: I saw he put up 10 threes, I was like, okay, so it was that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a
0: disaster. And it was like, you know, this is one of those things where maybe you don't see it on TV, but when you're in the arena and Surge starts sort of getting nervous, like, it's like every pass. There's one pass where he tried to make a move, tried to drive inside, and they just, like, kicked it back out. And the pass was, like, airmailed and it almost forced like a backward. I, I know the
1: exact play you're talking about. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, you can see him just hesitating when he catches the ball at the top after he's missed a few shots. And and that's one of the things that you miss about Gasol. Like, if Serge is having a bad game, Gasol just gives you that extra – you can just take uh, Serge's minutes away from him. Exactly. Whereas, like, yep. you, you're not going to play Chris Boucher
0: 15 straight minutes to mm-hmm. close, the, to close no. the fourth. I mean, he played 19, which is pretty good for yeah. Chris. Um, but, yeah, I mean, realistically, <laughs> you know, offensively, I think that's where – sort of the concerns start to draw back. I think defensively, it's there. They kind of know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, offensively, though, that's where I, I look at a situation where Kyle's had very, very strange games against the Bucs. I thought last year in the playoffs, he averaged 19-5-5 in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. So that's quite good. But he also had games in the regular season, kind of similar to this one, where you know he had one where in Toronto, I think he had zero points in that one. Yeah, And the Raptors lost by five at home, and it was also a defensive matchup. Um, and this one, very similar. I mean, 2 of 12 from the field, 1 of 7 from 3. He got to the free throw line six times. But, Scott, this has to be one of Kyle's worst games of the year. Do you think this is sort of more like the Bucks defensively making him like, difficult for him? Or... Bad night, or
1: what do you yeah, think it is? I think it's a combination of those things. I think uh, I think you mentioned on the Raptors Reaction podcast last night uh, that you can sort of see him playing to spite the whistle sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I felt like you saw that a little bit, you know, trying to go through the legs. And then, which, like... <laughs> fair enough try something crazy but also like he, then he was arguing with the ref about it for like five minutes and you could just he see post game <laughs> I, I still don't have an re- explanation
0: it's like kyle come on let's just be reasonable no one's ever done this before
1: um yeah so that was kind of unprecedented but uh, you could see him getting a little bit a little bit rattled like that um and i think part of that is frustration with the bucks like they're so good defensively, I think people don't fully realize how mm-hmm. good they are defensively. Yeah. They're like four points per one hundred possessions better than the Raptors. Yeah, and and four points per one hundred possessions is the gap between like the third best defensive team and like the fourteenth best defensive team. Yeah. Like that is their head and shoulders above the rest of the league. And one of the big things about the Bucks in particular is their length is so bothersome mm-hmm. for the Raptors, like the the length of the Lopez brothers really shuts off that paint yeah. and I think it it really breaks down the driving game of both Fred and Kyle mm-hmm. because not only it can they not get their layups in, yeah, but because you have the Lopezs on the back line of the defense, the guys on the wings don't have to help off their defenders as much. Yeah. So now those kickout passes for open threes aren't yeah. there either. It's like you got to sort – they just have to kind of pull it out or try to force up the layup, and uh, it, it really hurts their offense.
0: Yeah, and, and that's, a, that's a great point. It's just because, you know, it didn't look like the way the Raptors wanted to play offense. Like this was a very distorted game. I mean, first off, <clears throat> the 52 three-point attempts, that was – uh, I mean, when you looked at it in the box store, it was shocking because, like, I, I'm sure that's a season high for the Raptors and and kind of by a mile there. And, you know, this is just generally speaking, the Raptors don't want to run that much of the offense sort of in the middle of the floor like that. And, yeah, it's and, tough. And you can kind of tell in real time sort of how the Raptors came in with the plan. You know, obviously, Serge missed a couple of jumpers, and that's a pretty big, you know, like, if your center is not hitting jumpers against Milwaukee, I don't know what you're going to do. Um and they sort of over time, sort of try to figure a couple more things out, but they just kind of got frustrated. And even the second half, when they did have success scoring, it was just like transition, broken plays. Yeah. You know, mm,
1: and and you yeah. do need to create some of those opportunities for yourself with your right. defense, like against the Bucks, because once you get into that half court, I mean they're they're so deadly that you need to hit your threes. And if yep, you don't hit sure. your threes, you're gonna lose. Yeah. Like that's a fact. And uh, and so that's why. Last night you really felt the absence of Gasol and Norm. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if fans of other teams realize that both of those guys are shooting forty percent on the season. Yeah. Yep. Norm on five attempts. I think Gasol's taken three and a half a game this season. Yeah. And and that's huge. Like you take two forty percent three point shooters. A lot of teams don't have forty percent two forty percent three point shooters on that volume. Yeah. Um so so that's really big. And, you know, I, I like Boucher's minutes that he played. He played really well. Yeah. But for him to have, like, he's just not somebody you have to guard the same way you have to guard Marcus All.
0: Yeah, it's like if Robin Lopez hit two threes on you, you're not going to change your defense Yeah, at exactly. All. It's just, oh, that sucks, that happened, but yeah. we're not going to do anything about it. Um, yeah, Chris on the year, coming into this game, I think it was in, like, 25 to 27%, and so for him to hit two of four last night was pretty good. I-, I wanted to ask you about the bench, because I thought, actually, first off, I was surprised that the bench came in and did so well, considering I'm not sure any of these guys has a promised role in a playoff series if it were to come down to the Eastern Conference Finals against the Bucks, But I thought Terrence Davis had his moments for sure. Boucher had some incredible moments. I mean, he had the block on Giannis that was just spectacular. Oh, and then that was beautiful. Rondé defensively, on his, his on-ball defense against Giannis defensively was just, I mean, phenomenal. And then even Matt Thomas came in and gave you three threes. Right, what did you think of the four bench guys there?
1: I thought the bench guys were really impressive last night uh but like you said I am curious to see who if any of them <laughs> will get uh, minutes in yeah. in uh, a playoff series against the bucks um I think something that hurt Terrence Davis a little bit last night was he just he came in and he was really active the same way that he was in the second half but his shot just wasn't falling yeah and uh And I don't know if he was a little bit rattled or a little bit hyped or sometimes your shots just don't fall. Yeah. And, and uh, so then Matt Thomas got a little more run in the second quarter and, and Terrence Davis didn't get quite as much run as he could have. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, Terrence Davis's ability to push the ball in the open court. Yeah. You saw him a couple times in the second half where he pushed it up. I think he got an and one Mm -hmm. and then another one where he pushed it up off a make and then uh, relocated for a three. Yeah. Um, And that was a really nice play too. So I, 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 of all the guys uh, off the bench, I would say I'm more most excited to see him play against the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Rondé was really nice on defense. He he is great on the perimeter at moving yeah. his feet, and something the Raptors like to do a lot is use him as the uh, defender on the ball handler. So that if they switch the screen that comes, yep. then now he's on you know Giannis or whoever, and it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was really good, and I thought in terms of how he stood up to Giannis physically was was really well done. I mean. You know, he didn't shut Giannis down or anything. Yeah, of but course. who in the world can do that?
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, the, yeah and, then, and, then, and then Matt Thomas, you know, and
1: then Matt Thomas, uh, you know, Mister ninety nine percent himself uh, came in. He was go- going for a hundred percent for a little while there, yeah, yeah. but uh, missed a couple threes. Uh, but I-, I like the way he plays, mm-hmm. and and I like that uh, he's not. He's not God tier defensively or anything. No, but he he's not a, a sieve either. You know yeah, yeah, his yeah. his effort is there. He has a defensive stance. He moves his feet. Um, he tries, yeah. and and uh, and he's not garbage. Uh,
0: and that's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I mean, and you know, in a series against the Bucks, there are guys for Matt Thomas to hide on. You know, yeah. in a way, I mean, like. Uh, Pat Connaughton, Dante Divincenzo, even like a George Hill. Like, yeah, George kind of Hill's okay not going to
1: kill it. you as long as you you know yeah. chase him around the screens and everything.
0: Yeah, like if George Hill decides, you know what, I have Matt Thomas on me, I'm going to break the offense and I'm going to try to dribble at him. That's kind of a win for your defense. Exactly, the ball's not in Giannis's hands. The ball's not in Middleton's hands. Yeah, so I mean, even like Marvin Williams. I, I, again, it's it's up to. I mean, there's a physical disadvantage in the sense that, you know, those guys are all more athletic than Matt and a little bit bigger and he needs to box out and things like that. But generally speaking, he's not a guy who is shy of contact. He's yep. surprisingly a decent rebounder for his position. Um, and, you know, I just, I just thought the bench was was quite nice yesterday. I mean, Terrence in particular, um, offensively, you know, series against the Bucks, you kind of feel like, especially for the shorter guards – it's just going to be – the life is going to be so, so difficult for those guys. I mean, Fred and Kyle both had really good series last year, but those were kind of – they were kind of more supporting pieces. When you ask them to actually create and initiate, uh, we saw it against the the Sixers and the Bucks. When you have elite rim protection against these two, it's just so much more difficult for them to score.
1: It's so tough because they just shut off that lane and now – now you're just shooting threes, basically, mm-hmm. if, if mm-hmm. you're Lowry and Van Vliet and, or, and Terrence Davis, really. Uh, it's hard to get to that rim. Mm-hmm. Um, Terrence Davis, uh, his athleticism, I think, might give him a few more attempts at the rim than sure. the other two. Um,
0: and he's, you know, in, in the fast break situation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But, yeah. It, but even
1: still, like, uh, the Bucks are pretty good at getting back in transition, too. And then, and then like, who's the smallest guy in their rotation? Like, Bledsoe? Yeah, and he <laughs> has, like, incredibly long arms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, all their guys that are smaller, uh, Bledsoe, DiVincenzo, they're all, like, these hyper-athletes mm-hmm. who, who make life difficult for you. Um, and then the other thing that the Bucks do really well is when you come off that screen at the top – they're contesting those threes from yeah. the rear and they're so good at avoiding the foul. They get like they crowd right up into your space. Right. But they never make contact. And mm-hmm. it just
0: like it forces you like to be a little bit uncomfortable taking that shot, I think. Yeah, like you saw with Kyle and Fred a couple of times, they're kind of like leaning, they, yeah. they're almost jumping forward into the three point arc. Yeah. As they shoot just to avoid that contest from the back. And that's where I think honestly another underrated thing about not having Mark is like the screening yesterday I thought was kind of disappointing. Yeah. Surge is Okay as a screener. Uh he can be very good if he's really trying to get a guy open, but for the most part he likes to slip a little bit early and get his own shot, mm-hmm. which is fine. He's obviously on a normal night he would be a good score. Uh and then Boucher is just like it's you might as well not set a screen. It's, yeah, it's, it's like, tough. Yeah. So I mean that's where Mark I mean, Mark is an incredible
1: screener. Beautiful. He's a great screener, and then you get that pass to him on the pop mm-hmm. and then if he's open he can drain it and if he's not open he's finding a cutter yeah, every time exactly um, so. and the other thing that gasol does too is just to take some of those surge minutes take the weight off a surge mm-hmm. play the first you know 7 8 minutes of the game whatever yeah. And now Surge is coming in against a bench unit, yep. and he's not as drained, and maybe his shot has a little bit more legs in it. Sure, that was something I thought last night. Is is it just takes so much effort to play against the Bucks for like thirty five minutes? Mm-hmm. And if you can get Gasol and Surge splitting like twenty five minutes a piece, or maybe they get thirty minutes playing beside each other a little bit, mm-hmm. um, I, I I would be really interested to see how that works out.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know, in, in this game, like really the most. I guess, a reassuring part of the game was that you know that the Raptors can compete with this team. Absolutely. Even though this is a team that is on a historic pace, they're going to challenge for 70 wins, they're at 50 right now, they're the runaway number one seed in the NBA, um, it still doesn't really feel like it's impossible to get at some of these guys. We already talked about the defense against Giannis, the Raptors have the infrastructure and and continue to have the manpower to do it, which is obviously a a big, big uh, deal. And even against Chris Middleton, I mean, Middleton, I thought, had a good game yesterday in terms of his conversion, 22 points. He got a couple of uh, generous free throws, I thought, that really benefited him um, with those closeouts that, uh, I mean, maybe 50-50. I mean, I just see see Kyle get a lot of those against him and the continuation is not given to him. But but for the most part, I thought Middleton is still kind of the same guy. Like, he is a lethal shooter when you let him shoot. But if you put a smaller guy on him, that's one of my big takeaways. I thought Fred and Kyle – did a lot of just damage, disrupting him, especially on the dribble in the first half.
1: Yeah, they're able to force him into like uncomfortable positions. I think he, he there were a couple times where he tried to post up on them, and you can see he has that size advantage, but he can't he can't get he can't back them down at all. No, and he really, uh, it, it, yeah, like you said, his his handle is just not quite tight enough. Mm-hmm. You can disrupt him if he tries to turn and face up. And so he's left with a lot of turnaround jumpers. Yeah. Uh, and the Raptors' uh, help defense is usually good enough to to really prevent him from even getting a shot up. I don't think he had that many attempts last night. It, it was uh, yeah. like a dozen or 14 or something like that?
0: Yeah, 14 in like 32 minutes. Um and considering the fact that they were for- forcing the ball out of Giannis' hands for the most part, you yeah, would expect exactly. Middleton to have a bigger number there, especially with those three-point uh, uh, shot fouls. Yeah, exactly. It, like
1: uh, the uh, the second one that he got called for, he wasn't squared to the basket at all. Like he no. wasn't shooting that, but, but whatever.
0: I mean, you know, his um, All-Star call apparently. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I'm I, I feel okay against Middleton. I feel okay against Giannis, oddly enough. Brooke and the rest of the guys are kind of the same as before. Like, Wes Matthews, first off, it really struck me how old the supporting cast was.
1: Yeah, they kept,
0: I mean, it's like Lopez is 30, Wes Matthews is 30, Eric Butzo has to be nearing 30, Robin Lopez is a is twin, so obviously he's 30. Uh, Marvin Williams as well, coming off the bench, playing significant minutes. It's really, the only young guy that, was, uh, that had some legs was uh, uh, George Hill, obviously, is older too. So, it's but the only young guy was Dante DiVincenzo, and yeah. it's. For the most part, you know, even though the Raptors don't have um, the the sheer height and size that the Bucks do, I do think in a general setting, the Raptors should be able to have the advantage, at least in terms of athleticism. They're just a younger, more active team.
1: Yeah. Um, it, it, it's tricky, though, because, like, Bledsoe, it's easy to say, like, to make fun of him for how much he disappeared in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Uh, but he can play. Mm-hmm. And, and – I wouldn't count on him disappearing in the same way again because okay. he he can ball and he is a great athlete and like you said he has that length mm-hmm. that just allows him to bother shots and actually speaking of bothering shots the other thing that I, I think is interesting about the Bucks is their bigs don't have really any mobility besides Marvin Williams yeah but they they're so long I like I'm not sure how tall they are, are they seven one seven two something like that yeah. And But they both have such long arms that even if they don't close out to your body, mm-hmm. just them having a hand up, they have, like, a 10-foot standing reach almost. Yeah. And so they can sort of contest shots from a little bit farther away, and mm-hmm. I think that gets a little bit disruptive, on, especially on somebody like uh, Kyle or Fred yeah. who, who don't have the, like—you uh, know how Norm really can jump up and shoot a three with yeah. the high release? Fred and Kyle don't quite have that to the
0: same degree mm-hmm.
1: um, so uh, so I, I think that's something to look out for too
0: um, just the last thing about yesterday's game and it's an endlessly fascinating game because this is clearly a, one of the situations where it's a chess match and everything like that um, what did you think of Pascal and sort of his offensive approach uh, he hit five threes which is great but it it felt like you know there could have been more that Pascal could have done but I, I want to hear your thoughts.
1: Uh yeah, I thought he could have did a little bit more, but again, one of the things that is so tough about this Bucks team is the way they pack the paint. Uh, like that's where Siaka makes his money. Mm-hmm. He gets into the paint and reaches around guys and gets that little uh, finger roll layup that he does and and you you just can't do that against the Bucks. I was no. looking at uh field goal percentage inside of 5 feet today and the Bucks are a full 5% better. Than the next closest defense. Yep. They allow 52% at the rim, and the next closest is 57%. That's... Like, that is a wild gap. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's because of the length of the Lopez brothers. And then you get around a Lopez brother, and then there's Giannis on the backside yep. <laughs> with his crazy reach, too. Yep. It's just, it's wild. So I think Siakam is going to need to take like 10 threes a game against the Bucks. Right. I think that's going to be important. And the other thing I'm interested to see with Siakam is I would have liked to see him as a primary ball handler mm-hmm. Same. And, and have him coming off that screen and see what his mid-range game is like. Yeah, um, There was a nice possession, I think it was in the second half, where he went one-on-one against Giannis, no screen, mm-hmm. and uh, Serge was spaced out to the corner, yep. and he hit Surge and it got the Bucks into rotation, and right. Siakam ended up getting a three on the opposite corner. And that was a, that was a really nice play, and I was like, mm, I, I want to see if the Raptors can go five out and start to get those Lopez brothers in rotation. Because the, the Bucks are dead once they start to get into rotation
0: yeah. with the bigs. Right, right. And that's, and I mean, you know, I find myself often missing Kawhi, but that's one of those things <laughs> you do miss with Kawhi. Because, oh, yeah. Uh, one of the most memorable moments in that game five where in the fourth quarter. I thought that was actually just like the best quarter of basketball I've seen any Raptors player play was game five, fourth quarter for mm. Kawhi. Um, but he started that fourth quarter off with those two uh, threes right in Brook Lopez's face, um, you know, just off the high screen to start the fourth quarter and spark the comeback. And obviously, they completed it. But um, yeah, and, that, and that's that ability for Pascal, where you know it, it's that's that's why so much of NBA just NBA basketball is dictated by these sort of like big wing forwards because yeah. you know it's just hard to defend, uh, you know. It's just it's different. I mean, Kyle and Fred could be running the same pick and roll with the same roll or the same screen or whatever, um, as compared to Pascal. But Pascal is just able to just in terms of just his release point is higher. He can get to different spots on the floor. Uh, the threat that he puts on the rim is just different. And and yeah, I would have liked to see more of that because you know as much as you do want to shoot a lot of threes against the Bucks, you also don't want to fall into the trap of just settling a lot because mm-hmm. you make a lot of misses into this team. They're also really good in transition. Yeah. And I thought that's where it was weird to see the Raptors beat by another team in transition because, you know, a lot of threes, a lot of long rebounds, and off they go. And the Bucks are a great rebounding team too. That's the other thing
1: about their size. I hate this team. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so, there, I, I have them. I have them firmly ensconced
0: as my title favorites. Yeah. yeah. But um. But still, I, I think for the most part, as as much as it comes to sort of competing and and. Um, you know, just trying to look ahead to a playoff series. I think they're out to still have a lot of the same ingredients as last year in terms of just like how they're gonna go about it and uh we'll see. We'll see. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think something that's important to keep in mind about these regular season games is Nick Nurse is trying stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you mm-hmm. you're you're saying, Okay, what happens if we put Rondé on Giannis for five minutes. Yeah. What happens if we shoot fifty threes? Mm-hmm. What What happens if Serge shoots ten threes? Like Serge, just go out and shoot ten threes yeah. tonight. Don't Don't worry about how it goes. <laughs> you know, and and just let him fly uh-huh. and uh, and see how it goes and and if it goes
0: poorly, yeah. he probably won't do it in the playoffs. <laughs> no, I mean, if I see Serge Ibaka shoot ten threes in the playoffs, it's. Well, I don't know, man. I don't even know. I, you know, it's hard to doubt this team, but yeah, yeah, it is kind of. Um, it's interesting to see a team as dominant as the Bucks. Um, yeah, but yeah, they're really good. You, and really- I,
1: and I thought Marvin Williams gives them an interesting piece as well because the Lopez brothers uh, are, are their mobility is so limited. But Marvin Williams, if you put him at the 5, now the Bucks can go a little bit smaller, a little mm. bit more mobile. And uh, and I think he was a nice signing for them at the deadline, too. That he was. Big.
0: I really wanted the Raptors to pick him up. I thought yeah. he would fit a lot of what the Raptors do, just in terms of, like, maybe he's not as active and, just generally speaking, not as good defensively as Rondé, but the ability to even just shoot the corner 3 is yeah. just so big. Well, and we, we saw it like, last night. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it's, it's unfortunate, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we're going to transition a little bit here and sort of talk about just um, the Raptors defensively and what makes them so good. And, um, you know, your channel does a really, really good job. If if you're not on YouTube – I mean, actually, I don't know who's not on YouTube. But, um, (laughs) yeah, if you're watching other NBA stuff on YouTube, like if you're watching, like, uh, the screaming, talking head videos and stuff like that, like, just, you know, before you do that, go watch Too Much Hoops. It's, like, way, way better in terms of just, like, um, breakdowns defensively in particular because a lot of highlights just – they focus on, like, offensive plays. It really does bother me when I'm, like, you know, the NBA now puts together, like, 10-minute highlight packs, and they're, like, all the buckets. And I'm, like, that's fine. But I I, I a, want to see the defense, too. Yeah. And I don't he, mean just, like, spectacular blocks. Like, I want to see, like, the small details that go into creating a stop. And I think your channel does a really good job of that.
1: Oh, thank you very much. And And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to start the channel was – well a i was i had knee surgery and i knew i was gonna be sitting around a lot so i was like i'm gonna make some highlight videos okay and and the other things that i was watching i was like i was watching the raptors defense and i was like these guys are flying around the court like these rotations are out of control Mm -hmm. but when have you ever seen like a great rotation on a
0: highlight video yeah yeah no you, you found the lane oh thank you very much yeah um But yeah, so we'll definitely talk more about what makes the Raptors defense so great and so unique and uh, why, you know, there's honestly people that there's like 30,000 people that will go online and watch what the Raptors did defensively. But before we go there and talk about that. I'm going to tell you that uh, baseball has hot dogs, football has nachos, so when does basketball get its official food? How about right now, Kentucky Fried Chicken, the new official food of basketball. Think about it. Basketball players make buckets all the time. KFC makes buckets all the time. And theirs are filled with fried chicken, like famous original recipe or crispy popcorn chicken, So, or even juicy tender. So that settles it. KFC, the new official food of basketball. Order at KFC.ca and get it before tip-off. So the Raptors defensively – so they remain second in the NBA. We saw honestly, uh even though 108 is a bit of a big number, but they held Milwaukee to 38% shooting from the field
1: mm-hmm. and
0: outside of conceding a lot of foul shots, they did a pretty good job defensively. This Raptors defense is truly special. Uh and I just want to ask you, why why obviously, why do you spend so much of your life like covering the Raptors defensively? I
1: love the Raptors defense. I think they have the best rotations in the league. Mm-hmm. The Bucks have uh, obviously, a better defense in terms of the numbers, uh, but the way the Raptors play defense is is beautiful to me. Their ability to help and recover is unbelievable. I like the different schemes that they go with. That's something I notice watching the Bucks a lot. Is as they basically play the same coverage almost all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only time it switches is when the Lopez's are off the court. Yeah, and uh, and and I love the Raptors' like ability to switch from zone to man. And and something I heard Nick Nurse say in an interview at the start of the season is that the Raptors defense, they run a lot of zone with man-to-man principles. Mm-hmm. And when I first heard that, I was like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. But if you watch the Raptors defense through that prism, you start to see the greatness of it. Mm-hmm. And you see all the decision-making that happens as guys uh, move with – they anticipate the pass is going and they right. rotate – they help, they recover, they do a lot of stunting towards the ball, mm-hmm. and they're just always keeping the defense on edge. Yeah. Uh, the way they move around the court defensively and communicate with each other is beautiful.
0: Yeah, for sure. And and just like the collective IQ of this team is just so high. And this is where, I mean, I don't want to go back too much and harp on the JV thing, but it's just like the IQ in terms of just like having your center who's supposed to be the defensive brain trust between JV and a guy like Mark is just completely night and day. Oh, the gap is unreal. Um, uh, Mark Gasol this season, I was looking at uh, his
1: uh, DRPM, defensive RPM numbers. Mm-hmm. He is 12th in the league. Yeah. And and that is pretty <laughs> crazy for, yeah. like, for s- when you watch him play, you don't even necessarily notice it. Right. But he's just – he's always in the right spot. Mm-hmm. And when guys come off a screen and it's that little two-on-one game – he just plays the middle between both guys perfectly yep. whether they're going for the shot or the pass mm-hmm. and then he still
0: manages to box his man out it's just it's unreal yeah for sure and on, honestly you know the comparison to the bucks defense is interesting in the sense that you know nick also kind of talked about how you know, watching the Bucks can get a little bit boring just because obviously the results are generally sort of predetermined and things like that. And But a lot of it is they kind of play defensively, at least very, very similar, as you mentioned, and very consistent. Whereas I kind of appreciate the Raptors' um Ingenuity, in a way, because they have to, have to almost figure it out on a game-to-game basis. And, you know, often throughout the course of an actual game, they change up. They, they have this versatility. And it kind of makes me feel a little bit more confident in a defense like the Raptors, only in the sense that you know there isn't going to be one bad matchup that kills them. Like, yes. they can guard in every single situation. They can move around, and they can adapt. And that's a very, very nice trait to have.
1: Yeah, they... they They're so versatile defensively. They can play, you know, a trapping style. They can play a switching style. They can play straight-up man. Mm -hmm. They can play different zones. And then I love to watch when they're in zone and then the ball starts moving from side to side and they start to get into rotation. Something I've noticed with them is they'll start, playing almost like a box zone mm-hmm. with one guy in the middle. Right. And you constantly have somebody scrambling out to the ball, mm-hmm. and the guy in the middle swaps out to a different spot in the zone. Right. And, uh, and it's just it's so dynamic. Mm-hmm. And the, the as you said, the IQ that you need to have, that everybody on the court needs to have to play that style of defense, is really high. And that's why most teams don't play it. Because yeah. if you have a single person who's moving to the wrong spot at the wrong time... Now there's a gap in your defense, and it's only a matter of time before it gets blown up.
0: Yeah, and and you know that's again goes to Nick Nurse what he said in the beginning of the year when he's like, look, man, Rondé and Stanley, these guys were defensive guys, and in the previous stops in the NBA, and they had some moderate success, but like you you can't just assume you're going to walk into Toronto early on and, and be successful. I mean, I think they kind of had this idea early on that look, this team is going to be good because of the defense. If they're going to be good, they have to be great defensively. That's why they stuck with that seven-man rotation at first, just because everyone had that experience from, you know, one of the underrated things about going to the finals and winning it is that you have, like, probably 30 extra practices as compared to other teams. <laughs> That's true. And that time is very valuable. And you could tell that so they had that experience. And as the season has gone on, they've introduced newer pieces. Rondes sort of fit in. Um, Terrence makes a couple mistakes, but definitely scores enough to sort of, uh, you know, compensate for most times. Even Boucher's really come in. I mean, there's a couple of times now where I'm seeing Boucher not like bite on pump fakes and leave his feet. That's wild. It's, you know, it, the growth in this team is, is great. And I mean, you see Matt Thomas making the great, the right rotations and, um, I just feel bad for him because I feel like he contests a lot of shots that people end up making Yeah, and it makes his numbers look <laughs> worse, but I really do think Matt is actually okay defensively. Um. Yeah, we can kind of go by and play by player in terms of just who, you know, in your estimation, who is the best defender on the Raptors? I, I think I got to go Gasol. And, okay. and I, I realize that's crazy
1: to say with how good Fred is and mm-hmm. how good OG is and how good Siakam is. But just the way Gasol quarterbacks that defense is is unreal mm-hmm. and his rim protection i think is really underrated he never bites on pump fakes mostly because he can't jump yeah uh and his verticality is really great mm-hmm. uh and because of his mass his defensive rebounding i find even if he's a little bit out of position is pretty good he can bump guys off a little right um so so i would have to go with gasol if i have to pick like my guy mm-hmm. um but at, at i mean there are other elite defenders on the raptors too right like, OG's ability to move his feet on the perimeter is— For a is guy m-
0: that size, like he's legit 6'8", and, like, you know, he's not skinny by any means. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's,
1: he's jacked. He can move. And, and he can move. He moves like uh, Drew Holiday has a similar perimeter okay. defense, I think. Okay. Uh, but Drew Holiday doesn't have his length quite right. to the same degree. Right. Um, and And OG might even be a little bit better. Yeah. Defensively, which is pretty wild to say, because Drew Holiday is like an elite defender. Yeah, and, and OG is twenty-two years old. And, yeah, exactly. You know, he's
0: still learning. He's still learning. Um, yeah, I mean, OG is, is spectacular, and, and really, that's sort of one thing that you know people obviously want to rush people's development, and, and you know, you want instant results. And honestly, you go from Kawhi to OG, it it, it does put OG in a, you know, obviously a disadvantage. Yeah. But at the same time, like I, I think for what he brings at his age, and, and what he the work he does defensively. Um, we saw it at the start of the year, man. At the start of the year, when he was averaging like close to like two steals and two blocks, I oh, was like, "What's going on?" He's blowing <laughs> up everything. Yeah, and so many of those steals become live, uh, you know, live ball turnovers. Like yeah. there's that steal that he had against Indiana, where it was kind of just a dribble handoff, uh, you know, to Malcolm Brogdon, and OG just like reaches his hand in there, swipes the ball. <laughs> you know, effortlessly goes into a spin, move and yeah, then collects that his dribble, wild. and then just like holds Brogdon off. And Brogdon is very, very strong. Yeah, very, very strong guard, six foot five, really solidly built. And Og just takes him right to the rack for a, for a layup, and that's the stuff worth with Og that's real special. But I mean, you know, when I watch your videos, like I also see in terms of just strictly speaking, help defense. Kyle and Fred are Man. like geniuses in that front. Yeah, the the way they
1: move like a lot of times they're coming over with the help and then and then moving back to their man before the pass is even thrown or mm-hmm. as the person is picking up their dribble. And that lets them close out to the shooters in time to run them off the free throw line or the three-point line, excuse me. And, and something that the Raptors do well that might not seem like it's a good defensive thing is running guys off the three-point line because on a normal defense – that means that that player is now running into the lane and they're going to get something open. But because of the Raptors rotating the way they do the, they're able to help on that guy. And then Lowry and Fred Mm -hmm. are finding the next open man. Right. And, and the way they just fly around the court and they both have great hands, great strength to rip the ball away. Yep. And their ability to push guys out of where they want to
0: be around the rim is, is very valuable as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, and then, you know, the rest of the guys are, you know, just generally speaking, you have the structures there. I think Pascal, you know, it does feel like at times this year, his defense hasn't been as sort of, Um, Relentless as previous years But then you look at Like the the final results Like he's still Among the league leaders In three point shots attempted I think he might lead the league Yeah Contested yeah And and it's like He just The versatility that he brings and sort of just that energy And like length To sort of make up For mistakes elsewhere It's
1: And and something else That Pascal does really well Is when the Raptors Are in that two three zone if he's down on the baseline mm-hmm. in one of the corner positions he does a good job of coming over to help protect the rim when Serge or gasol or whoever gets a little bit out of position right that's something that uh, both pascal and og do really well right but and and i agree I, I sort of see what some of what you're saying too where you just see pascal relax on defense a little bit more than you used to mm-hmm. um but i am also like well he's he's shouldering a pretty heavy load so, so <laughs> uh, and and I feel like he sort of finds his spots to relax like that and it doesn't compromise the defense too much. And that is also the sort of thing where I feel like in the playoffs that like lack of trying mm-hmm. is just gonna kind of go away. Right. Because all these guys are built like so competitively mm-hmm. that they will they'll go for it.
0: Yeah, for sure. We saw we saw Pascal guard uh, Kawhi in the all star game in yeah. the fourth quarter and he did honestly a pretty good job of it. Um Yeah, and then, you know, if you look at it overall, I think you know, basically, the Raptors, like when well, people were um, surprised that the Raptors are like, you know, what they were, and there was sort of this push, especially in that 15 game win streak um, from sort of national media, where they're like, wow, look at this team. Like, yeah, they, they can shouldn't actually this, play sh- basketball. it turns out wasn't big. just a Kawhi show. It's like, yeah, you shouldn't be that surprised. They're the second best defense in the NBA. And honestly, if you are the second, how, how many second best defenses in the NBA are not like a really elite team? Like, it's yeah. just, it, it's just, um, you know, it's it's kind of as simple as that. But you know, one of the things I do have a concern with in terms of just looking ahead to the playoffs is, as good as the Raptors are defensively, um, they do sort of rely a lot on that defensive power of their offense. So the Raptors are have been one of the league's best transition teams. They force a lot of turnovers. They force a lot of. They just get a lot of stops in their run. Is that sort of a sustainable thing going to the playoffs? Is that a concern of yours, or is the defense so good at sort of creating these sort of deflections that? No matter what, these situations are still going to arise, even in a game like the playoffs where games slow down.
1: I think uh, I I think you're right to be a little bit concerned, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I, I I think it's a mix of both. Really, okay. I think they can keep it up to a certain extent, but also you're going to be playing. One of the top, whatever top half of the league teams yep. every night. Fair so, enough. so the the buffer that you get against a team like the Hawks, <laughs> yeah. where where you can just like destroy their rookies, yeah. is is not there. Um, so it'll be a little bit harder to force turnovers, uh, but at the same time, uh, I, I still think I still think their defense will be able to lock in and at least get the stops, even mm. if it doesn't create the transition opportunities. And and the thing that the thing that is more concerning is the half-court offense.
0: Yeah, and, and whatever. There's nothing really else you can do about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it's That's why Nick was like, look, we're going to force-feed Pascal and try to get him more reps because sometimes basketball is really reductive.
1: Yeah, and I, and I think something you saw last night was – if if you're not at a hundred percent health, mm-hmm. all your margin for error goes away. You you just you need to shoot lights out. Mm-hmm. And somebody having an off game or two guys having an off game, now you are buried. Yeah. And so I think it's going to be really important for both Gasol and Norm to be healthy.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: For a series against
0: the Bucks, at least. Um, and then just the, the the last thing I feel like with the Raptors' defense this year, that's really unique is like they have this special ability to really just take away your number one option like you know the Harden game was weird cuz they trapped him at half court and never seen a team do that before <laughs> that
1: was that was like a science experiment really That,
0: that really was nick theres being like ah screw this game let me let me just see what happens and whatever ben macmore hit like 10 threes or something like that but congratulations um, yeah seriously um but yeah i mean just you know i've never really seen a, an iteration of the raptors defense where they don't have um a weakness in sort of in terms of just like they're vulnerable towards one kind of player uh, but under the Nick Nurse era which is now two years now uh, it really does feel like they have the ability to handle and shut down any type whether that's like a scoring guard whether that's a wing whether that's a big man who posts up or like a shooting wing like a like or shooting big man like Carl Towns. like whatever it is the Raptors have an answer for pretty much every type of player in the NBA.
1: Yeah and I think a big part of that Is that there's nobody really in the rotation who is a below average defender? Mm -hmm. Like I guess you'd say Matt Thomas, but he's he's not going to be in the playoff rotation. I don't really think. In terms of like the top eight nine guys, Mm -hmm. everybody is at least average, and a lot of them are close to like borderline all defense level. Right. Um, So I think that makes a big difference because a lot of times your your ability to defend a certain type of player falls apart when that player finds the bad defender. You know right, what I mean? Like it's like James Harden hunting the switch to get mm-hmm. onto to whoever that can't DM up. Uh, and with the Raptors, at least pretty much everybody can just keep a player in front of them. Yeah. And then their ability to help and recover, uh, like I keep harping on about it, but it, it's just, it's unreal. Yeah. And their ability to make the rotations and make the right decisions all the time is really great. And, and something else they do well is just on, even on like just a little dribble handoff mm-hmm. at the top of the arc, is Fred will press up on his man and prevent the handoff and then prevent the pass over the top. And all of a sudden, another three seconds is ticked off the clock. Yeah. And you do like four little actions like that over the course of a possession. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, somebody has the ball in their hands with seven seconds left and they're like, crap, I got to get a shot up. Yeah. And, and they start to panic and rush a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think that is really valuable
0: defensively. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Look, I'm, I'm. It's it's very exciting to just like after every game, uh, go back and watch your videos. And this is honestly why. Like, you came, you came at the exact perfect time. Like, uh, I mean, I'm sure you've been a Raptors fans for a long time. Like, oh, yeah. under Dwayne Casey or under the other teams, like they've had good defenses statistically. I remember like the the, the season they won 59 games. I think they were like sixth in the NBA defensively. Mm-hmm. And they just saw them fall apart because yep. they have certain vulnerabilities and whatever. This team just doesn't have that, and it's it's really cool that Nick is so innovative too as a coach. Yeah, um, and it feels like he has actually. You know, this is one of the one of the best reasons why he should be coach of the year this year. Not just the circumstances, but when you see other teams in the NBA emulating him, like the Raptors played the the james harden defense that experiment they did that early december and then i was watching it on christmas and i'm like wow there's the, there's steve kerr with the golden state warriors doing that exact same defense to, to the to james harden and it worked you know? yeah absolutely I, I think a lot of
1: the uh the league's general reticence about uh you know a full court press mm-hmm. or a zone defense is that in the old NBA, yeah. that didn't work yeah. because you didn't have a big who could run the length of the floor like Siakam sure. because you had like David West and whoever else on yeah. the floor yeah. where it's just like they're a bit plodding. Yeah. But with the Raptors personnel, you, you have so many options because everybody's such a dynamic defender mm-hmm. um, and everybody's so so brilliant too. And, and Nurse has just been unafraid to sort of look a little bit uh, janky for lack of a better word. Yeah. And uh, and really go for it and try some new things and and you're absolutely right. Uh, other coaches are trying it now too. I've seen a couple full court presses. Yeah. Whereas I I don't think I saw that at all before this year. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, it's changing the game a little bit.
0: Yeah, I saw the Knicks do a box and one against Raptors and I was like, this is very cute. <laughs> this is very cute <laughs> that you tried this. And honestly, a box one with like four power forwards seems he's pretty good. That's yeah, it's about lot, a lot of, <laughs> of paint protection there. Um. Anyway, let's uh. Before we end the podcast, let's talk more about your channel and sort of of just like your story how you get started Um, yeah like Go ahead. Like, what's going on? So you broke your foot, and
1: uh, yeah. So I, I had uh, I had to have knee surgery, right? Right. Um, and I knew I was going to be laid up for a little while. And I was like, well, I know how to make uh, do a little bit of editing here and there. Mm-hmm. So I decided to start making some highlight videos and to sort of just make it not like every other highlight video. I w- decided I was going to put some defense in them and something I was always interested in. Well, as I was doing that, I was starting to discover. I was like, I want to put this play in the highlight package, mm-hmm. but I. It's so like subtle that I, it needs explanation, right? Right. Um, so that's why I started doing the breakdowns where I talk over the highlights and, and mm-hmm. sort of point things out um, because I uh, I think so much happens on defense away from the ball mm-hmm. that your eye just isn't drawn to unless right. you're specifically looking for it. Um, so I started doing the breakdowns this year, and I didn't really know if anybody would like them, uh, but they, it's just gotten a tremendous tremendous response, and my my channel went from like a thousand subscribers to like 10,000 subscribers felt like so quickly. And, and it's a great place for Raptors fans. I think they really appreciate it. Uh, especially like last year I was doing like defensive breakdowns of the, of the finals games Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the Raptors just are not covered that way. That's true. By, by national media, even Canadian media. Right. Um, and so I, I kind of, I wanted to show how brilliant they are. And 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 it just so happened to be in the season where they <laughs> won the championship, yeah. uh, and and now they're they're brilliant. So uh, so yeah, that's sort of how it got to where it is now.
0: Yeah, and I'm always really interested in just like how people get into sort of um, uh, basically just like non traditional media. I, I feel like what you think of traditional media is like uh, a, news, a newspaper reporter, and you know they they get quotes and they write their game stories and stuff like that. And there's definitely value in all that for sure. But there's just been like, that's just the way it's been done for so long. And now you have technology, you have access, you have rights and everything like that. Um, You can make things that are more dynamic and creative. And I think you're a great example of that. Like, you know, just taking something very simple, like people made highlights all the time. But they were just always on offense. Why don't you focus on defense? And I think it's it's really buying into it. Um, in, in terms of your background, did you did you play? Did you coach? Like what what's going on? How do you know so much about you know uh, defense?
1: So I played basketball like a maniac. This is probably why I blew up my knee. Okay. Uh, my whole life, I grew up on a farm. Okay. And we had a big sixty foot by forty foot shed. So you're from Hoosiers. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, should, we got Pretty Gene much. Hackman here. Shout out Huron County, and uh, and. So that's a it's this massive shed and half of it is paved and the other half was a pen for sheep. <laughs> okay. Okay. So so yeah. we have basketball games. We're playing half court. We had a we had a net up there. What's so the a sheep? Be- <laughs> uh, so it would be me and my my older brother mm-hmm. and his friends and my friends and we would just play like all day, every day on the weekends, after school, whatever. I played basketball in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh I thought I was good until I got invited to like this elite camp. That's and pretty good. No, that come on, that's pretty it, good. If you got invited to elite <laughs> camp, you're good. It, it was really good. And then I went to the camp, and I was like, "Oh, I'm like the worst player here," <laughs> <laughs> including like against the grade tens who are like a couple of years younger than me and way smaller. Okay. <laughs> so that was, that was a good little reality check. Uh-huh. And then, uh, and then, yeah, once I got into university, I, I just played like intramurals and stuff like that, mm-hmm, pickup for sure. Uh, but I just, I've always loved it. I fell off from watching the NBA for a few years. I was a Pacers fan when I was younger. Okay. okay. Uh, back, big uh, big Reggie Miller head. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, when when I went away to university, I sort of stopped watching a little bit just because I didn't have TV. And then I started to get in around, I think, 2005, 2006,
0: I started to get into the Raptors more. Okay. I was Weird ra- time to get into the Raptors because I also got into Raptors at that time and... They were
1: not good. I w- I I was a, a student of the Chris Bosch era. I yeah. um, w- really loved Ray for all stuff. <laughs> deluding myself <laughs> into thinking that uh, Jose Calderon was going to turn the corner and become a good defender this year. Oh jeez, um, a lot of a lot of Barniani years, um, but uh, I would but love no. To see the defensive breakdowns of those, <laughs> those years. Oh, that's a breakdown. The Jay trust Triano me. era. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I just sort of fell in love with him from then cool. on and been a huge fan. I love, loved DeMar, loved how he sort of embraced the city. Yeah. And then Lowry's just been everything. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I love the current era too.
0: That's amazing, man. So you're, 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 as Katie said, a, a true hooper.
1: Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: no, but seriously, Brad, like, this is, this is great. Um, yeah, I mean, I've already plugged in enough, so... But yeah, watch <laughs> it. Uh, too much hoops. After every game, you break down, you know, for the Raptors. And, you know, I, you were thinking... I saw in the comments, and we were talking a little bit, too. You were thinking about starting a Patreon, um, you know, whenever you do decide to do it. First off, I think you should personally do it. Oh, well, so, thank there's you. There's no real downside to it. No. And, yeah, people should watch and support your work if they haven't oh, already. Oh, thank you very much. So
1: Yeah, uh, follow me on Twitter, too, too much hoops.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, you're getting into the Twitter game. What do you, What's your thoughts on Twitter? I feel like... Um, uh, Newcomers I, of Twitter are always, you know, <laughs> taken aback a little bit. but Yeah,
1: I, I never really used to use Twitter a ton. I, I started using it. I, I try to be fairly unbiased on my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my Twitter is pretty much just straight Raptors propaganda. Oh, uh, so if you're listening to this man. podcast, uh, <laughs> you're, you'll probably enjoy it. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoy it. I like the Raptors uh, Twitter community.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, um Your handle is two underscore much underscore hoops. Yeah. Uh, And, yeah, watching on YouTube and everything like that. I can plug it off. I really do appreciate it. Oh, thank you very much. You just notice so many small things, man. There's one video I forget. I forget which game it was, but you pointed out how – Norm was late on this uh, contest on the three point line, and Mark was sort of standing in between. And Mark subtly, like without even looking at him, moved slightly out of the way to create a gap so that Norm could actually shoot through the gap and contest. Yeah, great. I remember the player. I'm like, about. this is it's fucking brilliant. Is, like, actually, it's, it, you know? a, a lot
1: of it is. What is watching in slow mo? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was going <laughs> to wa- say,
0: how long does it take to make a video like
1: that? Uh, making a video takes anywhere between six and nine hours usually, because wow. I have to go through the game and like capture the footage that I want to mm-hmm. use, mm-hmm. and then I go through and I start to do a rough edit and think about what I'm going to say. Okay, and as I'm going through the game. I, I slow things down, and I have to use the ten second back button right, on, right. on League Pass, and just watch a lot of watching off ball to see what the Raptors are doing because that's where a lot of the brilliance happens. Like Lowry is the off ball master, right? And uh, and yeah, so and then you know I got to record the audio and then edit that together, right? Um, but yeah, usually
0: somewhere in that range. Okay, all right. So it's a very casual six to nine <laughs> hour <Yeah>. hobby, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So anyway, um, thanks so much, Brad, for coming on the podcast. Oh, big, my honor. Big thank you to KOC for sponsoring the show. And as always, uh, look for another episode of the Raptors Everything podcast uh, next week.
1: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.